What's up, world? Mojax boys are back. I mean, we're t- we're just we're blowing up. We're doing this big again. Yeah. And I mean, listen, we put out a thing a while ago. Asked fans who they wanted on the show. We reached out to to a group, and uh, we're. I mean, what can I say? We're blowing up again tonight. We've got the former Big East Player of the Year when I was up there, and that was man, that was an awesome time. <laughs> current, current. Unbelievable trainer of the stars, <laughs> and a now and I guess analyst, right? For Metro News, we have none other than one of the all-time West Virginia great quarterbacks, Rashid Marshall. What's up, Rashid? How you guys doing, man? I appreciate you having me on. We're doing well, man. It's awesome to catch up, yeah. and just just hearing your names, your name brings back so many memories. Obviously, we were personally up there, so that that takes it right down memory lane, and. uh so we, we want to kind of get yeah. into some stuff with you, Rashid. Like like I said, we uh we started this podcast, I guess when COVID hit. Yes. Because we wanted to talk sports and there was no sports going on. So So we spent about a month talking yeah, exactly. about Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. It forces you to get creative, right? That's you right. Know, you gotta find yeah. a way to make it work, man. So yeah. we talked about Tiger exactly King for a month. About. Yeah, we talked about Tiger King. <laughs> we talked about the last dance, and then we started kind of reaching out. We had your boy Quincy on here. He described his, uh, you know, the play as you were obviously involved in, and uh, fans were like, "You got to get Rashid on there. You got to get him on there." So, yeah, we wanted to definitely have you well, on here. Yeah, thank you. I, I I have to cut you off real quick because here's the thing about Quincy's play. I have to go back. We're gonna get into this right away. <laughs> <laughs> this it, it this kind of pisses me off a little bit in a joking way obviously but uh i mean i don't i don't know what the limitations are here so i'll make sure i keep everything <laughs> you know pg13 but um quincy's catch and run has been referred to as the run people forget that was a screen pass if it wasn't <laughs> it's quincy, true quincy wouldn't have been able to run brandon merriweather over so i need to get my credit so quincy's <laughs> run you know they put the quotes the run needs to be the catch and run because i threw in the ball so catch let's get run. that straight first of That's all exactly but right. after he after he made the catch you know tucked the ball away it was a great one run i'm giving credit on that so continue sorry about <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> that had to be something to watch uh but let's let's go way back because i you know we you know we hung out a little bit in college but i never really talked to you much about your recruiting so I want to go way back because I want to know, you know, how the W, I mean, obviously you're close, Pittsburgh. Uh, Don Nealon was up there at the time, so a little bit different. But what were the final schools that kind of you, you came down to and why did you ultimately decide on WU? Yeah, so back then, the crazy thing about it, recruiting has taken a turn for the better um, just over the last 10, 15 years. It's, it's insane because you have all these scouting services you have players being ranked how many stars and this back then when we were graduating from high school it was everything was word of mouth there may have been a magazine or two floating around no one knew anything you know um so for me the the final few schools that it came down to was west virginia wisconsin and iowa a lot of people don't know this story but um I went to Wisconsin, and at the time, they were practicing. I told a guy a story uh, earlier. They were practicing to get ready to go to the Rose Bowl. Ron Dane was the running back. If you guys remember uh, Brooks Bollinger, oh, yeah, he was yeah. the quarterback. 
So Brooks Bollinger was the Big Ten freshman of the year. Um, just to make a long story short, the final two schools, it was Wisconsin and West Virginia. Anywhere you go, there's going to be competition. But I knew I had to be smart about this. And it's not all about athletics. So let's get it straight. Um, but at the same time, if I'm going to a university to play football, I want to be on the field. You know what I mean? So I said, there's no way in the world I'm going to beat Brooks Bollinger out, who's <laughs> one year ahead of me, plus, you know, another guy waiting. It's not going to happen. And that other guy I'm waiting was Jim Sorge. Um, <laughs> he went on to play for the Colts and all that. Yeah. So I think I made the right decision. But um, not only that, I tell people, I would have not survived in Wisconsin. I went up there. It was the first or second week of December, freezing cold. Um, it, it, it just wasn't for me. And <laughs> West Virginia was the place, man. We, uh, uh, My high school football coach, Ron Wabi, on a ton of guys to WVU. Um, you know, he sent at least at least five or six guys to WVU, whether whether they were scholarship or uh, walk-on players. Uh, Solomon Page, Major Harris, Mike Booth, I, 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 the list goes on. So anyway, I just felt comfortable at WVU. I've been going to camp at WVU each summer um, since I was in maybe like the eighth or ninth grade. Um, the relationships were there from my coach and I just it just felt right you know um West Virginia didn't have the best quarterback situation uh, again like I said there was going to be competition anywhere I went so I knew I was in for a fight no matter what but I always thought my odds were going to be better at WVU versus any other school uh, that was recruiting me yeah that's I'll always love hearing those stories and then of course we went up and played Wisconsin right you were there you were still on that team right oh yeah. yeah played him at home too oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of – that's unique. And, see, I didn't even realize that. But I did go to that game, by the way, at, at Wisconsin. I was, that's a fun place, Madison. I, I will say, Jump though, around. Oh, my God. Jump around. Yeah. Listen, people talk about Virginia Tech. People talk about um, – and, and West Virginia is a great place to play if you're the home team. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Wisconsin, it's on another level. I mean, you, you know, you guys just mentioned the tradition that they have third – quarter the end of third quarter going into the fourth quarter they have their jump around uh little tradition that they do i thought the stadium was collapsing <laughs> i'm not even lying i mean i've never seen you know th their student section is huge first of all but not only is it the student section it's every single person in the stadium jumping around like maniacs it, it was just something it was something to see i was on the field we had a tv timeout and i looked up in the stands and i was like mesmerized i was taken away for a second i had to remember where the heck i was at like you're not a spectator you're actually playing right now let's get your head back in the game so oh, yeah. uh nonetheless we ended up losing that game i don't know if it was because me you know, I was up there looking at the <laughs> celebration or what, but uh, it was nuts. Something else interesting, Rashid. I don't know if you remember this. You were inside the stadium, but they have their their frat row right beside the. I'm talking like on top of the stadium. Imagine just picture High Street next to the stadium. That's what it was. <laughs> I mean, and it, it it was yeah, that was an awesome time. The only thing I didn't like is all their games are at eleven noon, but eleven o'clock up there. That's so strange. But anyways. Yeah. Let's let's get into the time at W. First of all, you had the transition, which, you know, at least from the outside looking in, worked out pretty doggone well. I mean, yeah. you know, you were a dual threat quarterback and Rich Rod comes in there and my goodness, I remember an article that 
Donnell and said, hey, hey, Rich, you don't have to look far. I've got your quarterback. He's already here. So uh, that obviously worked out. But, you know, just kind of talk about that, a little little transition from from Don to, to Rich Rod and, and just tell us a little bit about that. Right. So uh, fortunately for myself, I, I knew Coach Rod was on the way. And I knew what Coach Rod, what his history was at, at Clemson. I knew what his – style play was coming from Clemson so I had a feeling that what he wanted my talent was going to suit his needs and what he wanted from the quarterback position but um, the one thing that people tend to forget is regardless of how talented a player is experience on that level is invaluable and Brad Lewis had the experience I wasn't necessarily worried about any other guys on the roster in terms of uh, competition-wise at the quarterback position because I, I, not to make it sound like I'm cocky or anything like that, but once you get there and you see the skill sets of other guys, you just you kind of know what it is. So anyway, um, Scott McBride was there, and Coach Rod was a hard-ass. I mean, he it was tough to play him to Coach Rod. After you got to know him, it wasn't as bad. But his first you know, season there, he had a point to prove. He he needed to get things in order the way he needed it. Um, so anyway, he was all about testing guys. And if you weren't there mentally, if you weren't strong enough, and I'm not talking about physically, mentally, because he would ride you, he would push you. I was built for that. You know, it, it didn't bother me. Now, is it embarrassing to get yelled at at the top of a coach's lungs in front of all your friends? Probably not, you know? But at the end of the day, if you could really understand what his what his motives were, what his goals were, you pushed that aside and you kept it moving. And I was that guy. I was one of the first guys to truly understand what it was about. I remember guys going back to the locker room. We had these crazy uh, like 5 a.m. workouts. They called it tour duty. And uh, it, it was literally the hardest thing they wanted it to be the hardest thing that you had ever done in your life. If you're in shape, you're in shape. It wasn't that big of a deal, but what it was doing was basically filtering out the guys who weren't mentally strong. One, you're waking up at four 30 to get there just at 5. AM to get work, you know, get started with the workout on top of that. Every single coach is screaming at the top of their lungs. And all that was for was to, to see who was going to rise to the top. You know, they say the cream rises to the top. We're going to figure out who is the cream and who's the guys that need to go. And uh, it didn't matter the position, you, you whether you were a punter, a uh, placeholder, quarterback, it did not matter. So I always felt like I had an edge on the other guys in, in that regard uh, at the quarterback position. But, man, once we got into the X's and O's and everything and I figured, figured out the offense um, – I, I knew there could be big things on the horizon, and fortunately enough, it all worked out. Yeah, I've told I told this to Quincy. I've I've told this story, but uh, you know we're we're off polka dots. We went to polka high school, and uh, our late dear friend uh, Brad Cannell played with you, Rashid, up there. And I remember I'll never forget yeah, him coming. Brad. over. Yeah, I never forget him coming over. He liked that style, like you just described. That was how he grew up on. He, you know, he he wasn't, and he loved Don Dillon, but. Rich Rod was more up his alley. I remember seeing him. He lost like 20 pounds. He said, we're doing this zone read. Like block. And he said, it's crazy. He said, you wait till you see this yeah. stuff. So you're right. I mean, it's just 
there was a big transition. A lot of people left. Uh, some recruits, you know, didn't didn't even come. And then, obviously, the first year a little rough, a little rough. We won't even talk about that. But we had a guy. So Ryan Pretty covers the he covers W for the Gazette Mail now. And the play, the run, the pass run, the whatever you want to call it. Um, Catch that, and run. Yeah. Get it right. Catch a, and run. Get Catch it right. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he still says that game alone is not necessarily that play, but that game really is what put W, not necessarily on the map, but where people could start saying, wait a minute here. Mammy was the U then. And we're yeah, talking about. Second. Yeah. And we're yeah. talking about this, this W team just competed with him. That was sort of the. Big big turn. I don't know, Rashid, if you ever stop. I asked Quincy this, and and you guys really stop and think. When W went on that, it was about a ten year run or something where they were. I mean, always highly ranked. That's really you guys really started that. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you do. You guys ever kind of stop and think and think about that run and how you guys started that? Yeah. So the the funny thing about that uh, Miami game, I'll go back to that first. Um, there has never been more growth that I've seen out of a team that I've played on um, or covered um, from a loss. It, it, it's, it's, it's hard to explain, you know, no loss is a good loss, but when you look back at that Miami game, we were right there. We know, we knew we should have won the game. You know, we can't control everything, but it gave us, a, a, a huge boost of confidence and again although we did not win that game and that's what any any competition is all about um you have a winner you have a loser if you're a competitor you want to win um but flying back we knew we had something special because it it, it showed us that listen no one gave us a shot we were right there I don't know what Miami was ranked at the time, but we still had toe-to-toe with them, and we probably should have beat them. And it did something for us. So with that loss, it, it propelled us forward and gave us, like, a sense of confidence. Like, listen, we were off. Um, I think we lost the previous three games or two games before that. I can't remember what it was. But then from that point going forward, it was a it was a huge turnaround. So – just that loss alone uh, did. It, it, I mean, it worked wonders for us um, from a from a psyche standpoint. And then moving forward, that conversation would come up at the oddest times in terms of uh, what we kind of started and built at WVU. So I like to use this example to really let people understand what it what what that is all about. So if you look at it from the quarterback position, um, so Brad. Lewis started it out. I had a chance to kind of watch Brad. Now, do I know if that was the ideal for or ideal guy for Coach Rod um, coming in? Probably not. You know, Brad was recruited to be a pocket passer under Coach Nealon. Brad wasn't running the football, but once I was able to see Brad doing some good things, but also seeing what Brad could have done better, I learned from that. All right. So fast forward, Adam Bednarik takes over once I left. Whatever his situation was, it didn't finish well. Pat White took over, did his thing. We all know the story. Pat left. Now think about the recruiting trail that that is happening along the way. Pat takes over. You go to Florida, you recruit, 
Jarrett Brown. Jarrett Brown comes in, takes over for Pat. You go back to Florida, recruit some more. You find Geno Smith to take over for Jarrett Brown once he left. So everything was being built from day one, you know, and it, it everything was just being parlayed. And it happened at almost every single position on the field. I still think if Coach Rod, not to go off on a tangent, I still think if Coach Rod is at WVU today, I mean, there would be a statue outside outside the Push Guard Center. I think we asked because Quincy the, that, the, and he agreed. Yeah. He said, yeah, he, he probably would have won a national championship or a couple if he would have just stayed is what. Oh, yeah. man, without a doubt, without a doubt. So, anyway, not to get too far off the point here, but – it just just the recruiting trail that happened along the way. You go to Alabama, you say, hey, listen, we got this guy, uh, Rashid Marshall up there. He's going to be leaving in a couple years. You want to come up and play for us? You'll be able to take over. Okay, Pat takes over. They go get Jared. Jared is on his way out. They go get Gino. They recruit him to come in. And, it's, and that's how recruiting works, you know? Um, so it's, it's uh, uh, I, po- I made a post a while back. And I said something about uh, WVU quarterback fraternity. And one picture was um, uh, Pat, Jared, and myself. And then another picture I had was with uh, like Skyler and, you know, maybe another guy. But it everything just builds and parlays year in and year out in terms of recruiting. And you're just looking for that next guy to come in and, and just continue to make that make that full build at that position so it's it's a beautiful thing to see honestly so if you're going back to that miami game i think the week after that is when we beat virginia tech oh yeah and just thumped them (laughs) they shouldn't even have scored right so that was one of the most memorable games i can remember you that now that's number that's number two on my list as far as wins when you were there Uh but what is your and then i'll see if we have the same win what's your most memorable win from your time at wvu yeah, so, okay, that is crazy because, listen, this is the honest truth. I had no idea we played Virginia Tech the next week. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I'm almost yeah, positive yeah, it was Virginia sure. Tech the next week, and that's when we just rolled. Okay, yep. wow, that is crazy. So, okay, so there you go. There's the confidence booster coming from Miami to take us into Virginia Tech to uh, beat them. That's unbelievable, man. But, you know, if if you would have asked me that same question, what is my favorite moment a year or two out uh, removed from WVU, I would probably give you Virginia Tech or Pitt or something like that. One of those one of those great games. But when I look back on it now, like you know, however many years it's been, I honestly don't want to count them because I already feel <laughs> old as it is. <laughs> um. I can't pinpoint one because each game had its special moments. Each game meant a little something different. So for me, Pitt was always, always a special game. And the one game that that always sticks out in my mind, I would have to go in my top three. I can't name one. was 2002 Pitt uh, Thanksgiving. I want to say it started snowing toward the end of the game. Um, Like Grant knocked down a pass or something like that. That was just an unbelievable game. It was my first year being a starter uh, back in Pittsburgh against a guy who I played against in high school who just, you know, whooped my butt every year in high school. And now here's my chance to somewhat redeem myself. You know, every single friend that I had in the city of Pittsburgh was at Heinz Field that day. And, I mean, everything about it was just special. But 
I also can't take away from the game that we played in Morgantown against Virginia Tech or the game that we played against Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. It's just so many good ones, man. I, I honestly can't pinpoint one. All right, here's my favorite. And I'm, I'm going to take a little credit for this. <laughs> Maryland oh, yeah. at home in overtime when you hit Chris Henry on the slant. I was on the front row. It kind of happened yeah. in front of me. Yeah. And I was yelling, Rasheed, throw it to Chris. And I think you heard me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, know, you know what that I remember so about funny, that? man. Let's see if Rasheed yeah, remembers that. Yeah, that is so funny. He had some players from Maryland. You remember this? They kind of called you out. They said he's nothing but a running quarterback. Oh. After the game, Rasheed goes on TV. Yeah. He gets the, the newspaper article, and he says, right here it is. They said, I was, <laughs> do you remember that, Rasheed? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. And they had really gotten us. Here's I mean, they had thumped us a couple yeah, of years. Oh, yeah. So we, we owed oh, it to man, them. And they owned us. Yeah. They owned us. Scotty, the curse I, of Scotty. See, yeah, man, that was uh, that's an un- unbelievable moment. Um, was an un- unbelievable moment, but see, I completely forgot about that game as well. It's it's just so many, but um, there was a picture floating around, and this was before you know cell phone cameras and all that stuff. Someone had a Kodak, like the disposable Kodak. Oh, yeah. I, listen, you guys will love this, man. I went to, there was like a CVS or something or a Rite Aid or something on the corner. I lived on Pineview Drive, so that's directly across from Sheets on Van Voorst. And I stopped. Uh, I don't know. I just ran in real fast, grabbed some of the pecan chocolate turtles, and I said, we're going to beat Maryland. And after this is over, I'm going wild. And I'm going to grab these turtles and start giving them out to people to eat. <laughs> Somehow, someone got a picture. I have it. I need to post it. Um, and I have the turtles, like the pecan turtles. I could see the bag and everything. And, you know, we're all in the locker room celebrating. I was like, I told you we're going to be there. I told you. <laughs> it was, that was great, man. Great times. Yeah, this is memory. I mean, it's, it's obviously awesome to hear Rasheed talk about this. But, again, this is when we were up there. I mean, the, that Maryland, that Maryland pass, the pass to Travis Garvin though oh, in the yeah. Tech game, to me was that. I mean, that night was unreal against Tech, and then, of course they they stood no chance. And Rasheed no. talks about this, but I, I'm almost spot. So after that Miami game, I don't. They didn't lose another game to the bowl game, but I don't I'm, think. I don't, I don't think, think they lost just, another game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that is. Uh, you know, I still have all those DVDs. From all those, like they used to make this. Oh, yeah, that's and right. Games yeah. And stuff. I still have them all. I still watch Yeah, the postseason, oh, right, yeah. where they talk about, they do like a recap of each game and yeah. kind of show like the highlights from the season, right? Yeah, man, that was, man, you talk about Morgantown Magic, um, that Virginia Tech game at home. So I think that had to have been 2003. That game, we, I mean, we absolutely spanked Virginia Tech. That, we probably had a tougher game against. Uh, uh, you know, no disrespect to, to whoever we played, Tennessee, Chattanooga or something. They probably played us harder than what Virginia Tech played us. <laughs> now, Virginia Tech had the players, they had the names, but we just went out there and it was, it was easy. It was so easy. And after the game was over, we go, like, was that Virginia Tech we just played? You know, we're at a house party or something. And, you know, just having a good time. We go, wow, we just banked Virginia Tech like it was nothing. So sometimes, man, it, it's, it's strange how, how football plays out in certain games. You think 
that you should win and certain games that you think you're going to lose that you should win. So I don't know. Yeah. It was, it was a good night that night. Oh yeah, for sure. Now you mentioned a lot of these quarterbacks. I got just a quick question. Who, who are some of your favorites that you've watched since you've left? I mean, is it always the quarterback position maybe, but who's some of your favorites? Um, just, just players in general or yeah, just someone that you really enjoyed liking or uh, watching. Yeah. So I like for myself, I always like a versatile player, you know, um, you're going to have your stud linebackers. You're going to have your cornerback who's going to make a ton of plays, but I always like a guy that could do a lot, you know, um, Darius Raynott was one of them. Um, and that's, that's, no favoritism because he wore number two. He, just, he could have worn, he could have wore any number, but he was he was a heck of a player. You know, return punts. He Darius was just an athlete, and those are the the guys that I tend to follow and really keep a close eye on. Jock Sanders was another one. I liked him a lot. Um, you know, uh, defensively, Robert Sands. I loved watching oh, yeah. Robert yeah, Sands. Yeah, he was good. And again, people are probably going to listen to this and be like, oh, these are all guys that wore number two. He just happened to wear <laughs> you know? But he was a monster, man. I mean, you talk about covering um, sideline to sideline coming up. He'll lay a stick on you. He was, he was fun to watch. So, um, aside from the guys that everyone already know, Wilbur was fun to watch. Um, it was... There's there's some other guys I can't necessarily pinpoint them right now, but for sure Darius Jock, Robert Sands, um, and Jamal too. Jamal Adai, he was fun to watch after um, after I left because oh, he yeah. was a hitter. Oh, he's yeah. got that defense rolling right now. Doesn't yeah, he? they look good right now. For yeah, sure. he does. You know, I've, I've always felt like that Darius was maybe one of the most underrated players we've ever had at WVU, just because of the time and who he played with and things like right. that. And every time you ask a former player, he's almost always brought up how oh, athletic yeah. he was. Well, so, Rasheed, yeah. you got into calling games, uh, being part of the Metro News team, things like that. Is that something you always wanted to do, or is that just something that kind of came after the fact, or what? Yes, it. I will tell you this straight up. It was not something that I really wanted to do. I was um, – it, it's crazy because – the connections that you make along the way plays a huge role and, you know, future opportunities and things like that. I was always pretty good with the media. Some guys after a loss, they didn't want to talk. I kind of knew that was a part of it. You know, can't be a sore loser. If you lose a game, you go and talk. If you win a game, you go and talk. That's just how it is. And um, I just remember all the media guys saying to me, like, you know, we appreciate you coming out. You guys had a tough loss, but you know, you've always been good to us. You've always come out and talked to us and give us, you know, the recap of the game exactly the way it would be if you won the game. And fast forward years later, I was sitting at home. I still remember this day. I got a phone call and um, it was Hoppy Kirchable. He goes, listen, what do you think about coming in and, uh, you know, just sitting in on a, on a game with us and talking about some football? And I go, cool. I'll, I'll, think about it i'll do it um so fast forward i got my, my myself to the studio and it was a lot harder than i initially anticipated <laughs> i will say that <laughs> i will say that because what you have to remember is especially radio you have to paint a picture for people who cannot see what you see or um people who 
just have the radio on. I know now some people like to turn the television on and listen to the radio, all that stuff. But you have to assume it is a blank black screen and they're just listening to you. So you have to learn how to set it up and you have to do different things. Television is a little bit different, um, but still they both have their challenges. And for me, once I got into it, I saw those challenges and I, I mean, I'm a competitor at heart. I want to be the best, whether you name it. If, if it's, if you say line up and let's race to Montana, I'm going to try to beat you there. I can promise you. So I just wanted to do the best that I could. And I started seeing myself growing slowly, slowly taking steps forward. And, uh, you know, eventually I got to a point to where I was really comfortable. Um, I, I worked with some people to kind of help me out along the way. And I finally got to a point to where I felt comfortable, felt you know, really good up there, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to it next year. We'll see how it works out. Yeah, it's always interesting. I mean, always the former players to me provide the best analysts that you can you can really get. Um, it's fun to listen to you on there for sure. This has kind of been a wild year, so hopefully next year you can get get back to it. But let's get into the current yeah. program because I know you always, you know, you're always keeping up with them. So. Give us your thoughts, man, Neil Brown and kind of the current state of the program and where they're headed. Yeah, so I, I like Coach Brown a lot. Um, we talked about Coach Rodriguez and the type of coach that he was. Naturally, I'm used to a coach who's screaming and yelling and just acting a fool and losing their mind, you know, at practice. And Coach Rott was that, that kind of guy, obviously. So now when I go back and I see – how uh, Coach Brown handles things. Even Coach Holgerson, I know people are going to be all up in arms that I mentioned Coach Holgerson, but <laughs> this is just a reference to practices. He was very calm. Like, it was a very laid-back atmosphere, and I think like a lot of the guys, um, I know it's a new generation of uh, players out here, these, these players coming up now, you have to treat them a little bit differently. Um you know, ethically, you can't do a lot of things that you did back in the day when I played, but it's it's not tough enough, you know, um, but you get creative and finding ways to get to getting your team to buy it into what you want. I'm used to Coach Rod saying, listen, take a step with your left foot. If you take a step with your right foot, you're going to get screamed at and you're going to get yanked out. These guys do it nowadays. And this is not a knock on any coach across the country you kind of have to pull them to the side and go, yeah, well, you know, you kind of took the wrong <laughs> step. So maybe next time try to, I'm not used to that. So when I, when I go in and I watch practice and um, I'm just kind of evaluating a bunch of different things, that's the one thing that kind of bothers me. I'm just like, scream at the guy. He made a mistake, <laughs> scream at him. I didn't know he did it wrong. You know what I mean? But, you know, I think the program is in good, uh, good hands with coach Brown. Um, he, he's, young he's smart i think he's going to be around for a long time he understands the game um and i you know listen if i was playing for him today i would i would i would buy into what he's selling i can tell you that so i think uh west virginia is going to be pretty good in the next few years i can i can see it i hope so i've been very frustrated yeah. at some <laughs> losses this year <laughs> oh rasheed if you saw our group text during the games when justin's just going off i mean <laughs> he's definitely the pessimist of the group. oh my gosh i'm like listen i mean he does the roster was kind of depleted when he took over it's kind of our point and it, we're light. playing a we're playing a lot of young guys right now 
and uh, we're competitive in every game this year. We're not getting blown out. So, and I hate to blame officials, but I don't. Rashid, did, did you see you? that pass interference in the end zone? I mean, against awful. Texas. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I, okay. So here's the thing. No, I did not see it. I had the game on. I was listening to it. I think I was traveling somewhere. Um, but the the radio guys they even made a comment about. It, it was a missed call. I mean, I can just say that. Um, so, listen, rest are human. I get it. When you play long enough, you're going to be on both sides. You're going to be on the side where you get that call. Then you're going to be on the side of it where you don't get that call. Unfortunately, that's how it goes. This time, it was West Virginia who, you know, it, it didn't go in our direction. But, listen, man, sometimes it, I, I don't want to bring the NFL into this, but look what happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dallas Cowboys had that game wrapped up and they got a uh, roughing the passer or something like that on Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. gave him a new set of downs. Was that call really needed? Probably not. But you know what? It went in Pittsburgh's favor and they capitalized on it. So this is how it's the game, man. Unfortunately, it's the game. I so. See, I love Rasheed, but. You know what shouldn't get hosed. Now you know it. <laughs> now Tony Caridi said Tony Caridi said during the broadcast, because I was driving, he said that the ref left his mic on. Oh, oh that, yeah. that was, and they came up and said that was the Tyke Smith one. Said you missed that pass interference in the end zone. The ref said that it, it oh, came yeah. over across the whole stadium. So I think. That, that was when Winston Wright dropped that pass wow. in the end zone. Yeah. So the inside receiver inside Winston tried to go out, and he just got literally they grabbed him and threw him to the ground, <laughs> and they didn't call a flag. And then he ends up dropping yeah. the pass. So it was right after that. One of the refs come in and talks, and he goes, Joel over there missed a blatant pass interference. Oh, no. Oh, that's great. That's great, man. Well, let's get yeah. into your, your current. I, I, I will say this. I, I want to add in one quick thing. Okay. All right. So here's what's frustrating about West Virginia being in the Big 12 conference, whether, you know, it was, it was Dana or Coach Brown. At some point, West Virginia is going to have to find a way to beat Oklahoma. I know. Oh, you my know? gosh. Yeah. These other teams are doing it with less talent, in my opinion. Um, so State. who was that at the beginning? Mm-hmm. Kansas State has beat them like two right. straight years. Yep. <laughs> That's what it was. It was Kansas State. Right. So, you know, we just sat here. We talked about uh, how we went in. We almost beat Miami. Almost doesn't count. But, you know, we came very close. Um, we beat Virginia Tech home and away. We beat Pitt home and away. If if you want your program to take that next step and and experience that shot of confidence, you're going to have to get close at some point. And until that happens, you're going to continue to struggle because your guys are going to start to to question, you know, what what the plan is going in against Oklahoma, and they're going to say, okay, well here we go, same old results. We you have to come close at some point. And I want to see West Virginia do it very soon, man. But, you know, I I don't know if it's game planning. I don't know if it's freaking pregame pep talk. I don't know. <laughs> but find a way to get it done, you know. And this is the, they're not this year our defense is great. Yeah. But previous years our offense has been standout. And, you know, that's that's what's frustrating me too. <laughs> we got an unbelievable defense. We've got we talked about this, Rasheed. We've got probably four or five pro players on that defense. I don't know if you've kept up with that with them much. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not 
I'm not as involved as I would be in any other season. Um, you know, I'm just literally watching it from a fan perspective. I'm not doing a ton of homework this year, um, focusing on training and things like that. But um, I, I, I see what they have. I, I know they're going to be a, a tough opponent, but it, every single team you go up against is going to have some pro guys. Find a way to get it done. That's what yeah. it boils down to for me. It's you know? only been competitive like – Two times yeah. <laughs> since we've been in the conference. Yeah. Will Greer senior year and then maybe Gino that time we lost. Yeah, Tavon. First year. Yeah. Tavon had yeah. 150 yards. Right? I mean, that's it's <laughs> it hadn't even been competitive. Yeah, that's that been was, embarrassing. Wow. Yeah. So well, you mentioned your training. Let's let's wrap up and talk about uh we see these videos, man. First of all, a couple of years ago, was that been two years ago now? They had the new um uniforms. Yeah. Or she comes out. Everyone there was like, who's this new player we got? Yeah. <laughs> like, the he's jacked. The best looking player in the uniform. <laughs> and I've taken the opposite approach. You know, I'm 35. I'm just rocking the dad bod here in West Virginia. <laughs> and then Rashid's just jacked, man. So tell us about that. I mean, you're now you're training NFL guys. I mean, just just tell us all about it. Because we see the videos and it, it, honestly, it's kind of hard to keep up with. It. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I appreciate it, guys. So, Okay. Here's here's the way I, I approach training. All right. First of all, if you are going to be a trainer, you better look the part, and that's where it starts. Like you, you you're gonna your body is gonna sell the whole training program to anyone you want if you look the part. Not everyone believes in that. You know, that's my theory. It seems to help, and uh, it's it's done a lot for me over the years. That is not the reason why I train. I train because I enjoy it. Um, in terms of what happened to my body, I don't even know if I know what happened, to be quite honest. <laughs> uh, I started, and I never ate terrible, but, you know, I switched some things around uh, nutritionally and just started paying attention to what I was doing. I've never been a heavy drinker or anything like that, so I didn't necessarily have to cut out alcohol or anything like that. Um, but I just started paying attention more to what was going into my body. And, uh, you know, everything from there just started to build, man. It was just like, wow, just kind of like you guys are saying, what have you been doing? Okay, well, I want to get – I want to be a piece of it. I want to I want to have the secrets, if that's what you want to call it. I said, okay, well, you know – if if I'm going to be providing a service for someone, why not do it big? Why not go for the gusto, try to get some NFL guys in, try to, you know, really build the build the brand and it's it's been on the on the on the uprise. So it's great, man, and hopefully I can continue, you know, in the next few off seasons getting the getting the pro guys in. But uh, I do a ton of online work. I do a ton of outdoor group sessions, and people love it, man. It's great. I love it. And it's all in Pittsburgh? Yeah, yeah. So it's all in Pittsburgh except for uh, my online classes. So my online sessions, I mean, over quarantine, I've yeah. had people from California, anywhere. As long as you have internet access, you can be in Mars and do it. So. Yeah, you had but, uh, uh, yeah, man. You had Switzer on there. He's a Charleston guy. You had him uh, working him out yeah, last, man. this past year. Which our history goes back. So Ryan, um, man, he was coming to the games back when he was a kid, and like his dad is a photographer. I know Justin, you probably noticed, but um, he had pictures from Ryan when he would bring him up to games, and uh, after the game, he would come up to me and had, "Hey, let me have some wristbands and this and that." We would take <laughs> pictures. Some way, somehow, um, 
like our families kind of connected and got close. So my mom and my dad or my mom and his dad, uh, you know, just kind of got in contact and she's like, Hey, this kid, Ryan Switzer wants to meet you after the game. So make sure you come out early. And, uh, over the years, like Mike would tell me, Mike, it's his dad. Like, listen, man, Ryan is doing some great things. Come down to the game. I started, it just started like the relationship started growing and building. So, uh, we go way back. I actually just talked to him yesterday. Um, he's in Cleveland now on their practice squad. So he's doing great, man. But I want to, I want to see him back on an active roster soon. Yeah. And I'm, I don't want to get into this too much. But uh, he should have been a W player. He wanted to be a W. Yeah, that so. is true. That is true. <laughs> Big mess oh, there. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without <laughs> a doubt. And you say that, and I have to say this. We're not going to go too deep into it. But I told him this, and I truly believe this. His career probably would not have been what it was if he went to WVU. Hmm. Call me crazy. I mean, things happen for a reason. I'm a firm believer in that. I don't know if I don't know if he would have flourished the way he did at uh, UNC. I would have loved to see him, you know, in a in a WV uniform, but I just don't know if it would have been the same. He's still one of the biggest basketball fans. I mean, he's yeah. always putting stuff yeah. out there about got, the basketball team. You gotta agree though, there, because uh, he really made his mark on special teams. Yeah, and we our special teams were horrible <laughs> at that time. There was a couple games when he right. was down there returning punts. We weren't even putting guys back. Yes, <laughs> we weren't even catching them. <laughs> Yeah, they're just like, listen, let's just let it bounce wherever it lands. At least our offense will have it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got two more uh, things before we let Rashid go. I don't know if you guys have anything else. I got two. He mentioned when Switch was coming up there and he was always meeting. That's the one thing about Rashid when I was up there. I mean, you always saw him and Quincy and a lot of those guys. You know, those fan days started. There would be lines oh, yeah. out the door. Those guys, You guys, Rashid, always, always made sure you stayed, talked, Took pictures. Of course, they were Polaroids back then, but they were still. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, right. Yeah, and, you had those disposable. And I'll have to tell you a quick story because uh, it was it was a Father's Day was approaching. You know, my dad's a huge W fan. He'll get a kick out of this because he <laughs> he listened. But I went over to Rashid's apartment. I said, "Man, you signed this magazine. It's one of the magazines he was on the cover of." He's like, "Yeah, sure. What do you want me to put?" And you probably don't re- remember this, Rashid. But I said, "Just put." Um, to Dale, happy Father's Day. So he did. Well, so I took I framed it and took it to him, and he loved it. And from that day on, everybody would come see. He's like, yeah, it's my son, Rasheed. Right <laughs> <laughs> he still says that. Oh, He's like, great, it's my man. son right there. I do vaguely remember that. I do. I, <laughs> listen, you have to remember, dude, I've had some crazy requests, like, over the years. Crazy <laughs> requests, trust me. Um, so I, I do vaguely remember that, but, uh, there's been some other things that trump that one, uh, you know, <laughs> over the years. I can't even lie about that. I wanted to tell you, um, because it was, it was really special at the time, but we, we were tailgating the blue lot. I saw where she kind of from afar yell at him and I said, man, we awesome. Just come over and say hi to my family. And, and he did my nephew at the time. He was probably, I don't even know, 10 or 11 years old. He was young. I said, Rashid, man, this guy, that's my nephew. He loves baseball. So Rashid took him aside for like 10 minutes and just told him basically like, hey, man, if this is something you want to do, put the work in. You can do this. He gave him this awesome pep talk. So just to let you know, Rashid, he's he's a, he's a senior playing college ball. Scouts are looking at him. He's a pitcher. And, I mean, he literally talks about that all the time. He's like, Rashid told me that <laughs> yeah. day. Like, get, you know, I mean, it's just like stuff like that I know you did all the time. It's just so special. And, you know, and – 
you don't get a chance to hear no, the follow-up but yeah yeah so yeah no i'm glad you shared that with me man honestly i i always like think of myself as a kid and you know wanting to meet the the big star or you know the the big time athlete i hate to keep you guys but i have to share this story you'll appreciate it um when i was in high school um espn did a feature on me they like followed me around for a few days and you know obviously filmed the games and all that stuff did a, did a nice little feature but um the church that i grew up in cordell stewart and a lot of the other uh pittsburgh Steelers would attend that church so at the time cordell stewart i, I want to say i was in the ninth grade or tenth grade or something like that um he attended church but he would always leave early because you know he didn't want to get hounded and all that stuff so one day he got up and left i had a letter prepared i had all this stuff i like put uh my phone number on the letter like oh i'll wear number 10 uh play all these different positions if you guys remember at the time cordell stewart his nickname was slash because he played all these different positions so you know i'm telling him like listen i play receiver i play quarterback defensive back all this stuff and i'd like sign get up he left out and said all right well i guess i have to get up and leave out as well <laughs> gave him down so i gave him the letter and um i didn't think anything of it at the time i didn't think anything was going to come of it but years later and he must have held on to this or reached out to someone else or i, I honestly do not know how this all came about espn somehow got him to do a sit down and basically tell this whole story about how, yeah, this little kid came running up to me again. I want to say this was about eighth or ninth grade, gave me the sweater. Oh yeah. You're my big, I, you know, uh, my biggest idol, uh, play a number of different positions like you, my high school team wears black and gold. You're in black and gold for the Steelers. I wear number 10. And that meant a lot to me. And now any opportunity that I get to, you know, share a moment with a kid or sit down and talk to him i'm going to take it because cordell stewart could have easily said no you keep your letter i'm out of here i don't want to deal with this but he took it so to me it's almost like my retainment to any other young kid out there who wants to keep their dream alive or wants to just have a few words with a person that they look up to and uh i don't think anything of it when a when a kid wants to sit down and talk or I have an opportunity to share some of my knowledge is some of the things that I learned over the years with them to help them be in a better position. So that's how, that's how I look at that whole situation. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean, I wish a lot of people were like that. A lot of athletes, I know that a lot of things go on, but that's awesome to hear. Well, Rashid, man, first of all, awesome catching up. I mean, we could probably do a three, four, or five-hour podcast, <laughs> go talking every game and all that stuff. But it's so awesome catching up. Can't thank you enough for jumping on with us. Just best of luck to you on the on the business, and we hope to see you back in the booth next season. We hope to be back at the games next season. Yeah. <laughs> but man, yeah, man, I know, I know. We, uh, well, we, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you guys big time. When you said twenty to thirty minutes, I said, "Listen, this is not going for twenty or thirty minutes. <laughs> this is up to me. I'm going, I'm going to purposely keep it going. There's way too much well, to that's, talk about. Yeah, twenty or thirty minutes is not going to get it done. We'll connect later down the line. Somewhere. Yeah, we'll do a part two or something. Oh, no, like that'll be awesome. Appreciate man. you guys for having me. Thank you so much, Rasheed. We'll talk to you soon, man. Take it easy. All right, guys. Have a good one. You Thanks, too. guys. Thanks,